All right, back again with the We Know Ball podcast. We got Carson Heron on, and uh, we're doing week two of the Premier League. And uh, where do you guys want to start this week? We back. That's all I want to say. We back. back. Um, Brentford has destroyed Arsenal in the first week of football. I don't think we can overlook that. Absolute shambles. Really impressive start. You know, 2-0, Brentford have just came up out of the championship. I mean, what can you say, man? I mean, we I, I expected Arsenal to lose. We all saw it coming. I think that was our first win, like, 70 years or something like that in the top flight. So it's been a long time coming, but it was hard to tell if, like, Brentford were actually, like, good or Arsenal were just that bad. Because as soon as I saw there was no Lacazette or bombing, I was like, there's their best they can do is, like, a 1-1 draw. They have no goals. Never look threatening going forward. But, you know, Emil Smith-Rowe does his thing. That's about it. Dead club, in my opinion. Arsenal fans will eat that up. So, Carson, how does it feel to be the biggest club in North London? Biggest club in North London, 2-0. Uh, I do want to say on that Brentford-Arsenal game, though, I was actually pretty surprised. I mean, I wasn't surprised that Brentford won, but I was more surprised that Tony didn't score because he was a monster in the championship last season. I think he had, like, 26 goals or something like that. And I've he made that score. Yeah. Yeah, and player. he... I mean, he wasn't shut down by Arsenal. Like, he contributed, but he – I mean, they showed that they could win without him against, you know, a typically a, I guess now, like, mid to upper table Premier League side. So, that was really nice to see. I think that was a kind of a, a generous description of Arsenal yeah. there, Carson. Oh, currently. <laughs> currently, yeah. I mean, the other North London – North London is currently bluish last white. Uh, you know, mm, Arsenal you. is definitely, definitely <laughs> – yeah, that's the that's the color mix. Definitely kind of kind of the form is slipping there. Uh, what do you, uh, how do you guys feel about those last two games for the boys? I mean, to any Arsenal fan out there, I really feel for him because there's a lot of money <laughs> that the owners can invest in the club, but it's just there's no reinforcements that have been made. I mean, there's been some players that have left, but I mean they haven't replaced guys from seven or eight years ago, and they're just it's they're so big of a club to fall. Nigel, where where would you comment on that? You know what? I actually enjoy what Arsenal did in this transfer window. I've I've seen that zombie guy play for Belgium. He's pretty you know, good. like I think he came from. I thought he was pretty good. And Ben White, mm-hmm. is he worth fifty million? No, but it is a you know it is a concern. Or like they did need a defender going into that season. Mm-hmm. So I think they've done all right transfers. They spent some money, but could have been spent a little bit better, probably. But they're not in the position to really get, like, the top, top players, though, so they kind of have to settle in that regard. Yeah, because, I mean, the lack of quality, like, it, that's been evident for the past five, six years. And, you know, who's going to want to come now? That's They've kind of dug themselves into a hole where they're not a attractive team for prospective players. Yeah, that's true. Instead of cashing on Grand Jocka, they signed him to it for two more years. <laughs> Yeah, man, I lot of trash cans up of Granit Xhaka on the screen. I feel like a mess. <laughs> you know, he had a really good stop. Euro. He had a great. He did. He was <laughs> good. He was he was balling out the Euros, man. He had blonde hair. It was just it was built different that tournament. But then again, there's a lot of players that do perform for the country and not for their club for various reasons. Right. But yeah. enough about that dead club. We're gonna transition to I think one of the better clubs in the Premier League: Liverpool versus Burnley, two zero. Mohamed Salah doing the thing, and I believe Harvey Elliott started his first game for Liverpool as an 18-year-old. And he played uh, 
very well for his age. I mean, I know he's had some loan spells. I think they signed him when he was 16, but yeah, he was pulling oh, strings in the middle. Summer. He looked good. Yeah, like, man, he did. He couldn't even be able to drive a car when they signed him. Now he probably has his license. Because <laughs> I know Curtis Jones was kind of that guy that could come in and play in one of those uh, eight positions for in the midfield. But um, Are you saying he's I, not that guy? He's not that guy. I'm not sure, bro. Because, you know, I, I really haven't watched him enough as a Liverpool fan would have. <clears throat> I think I there's there's something there, but you know I, I think the best I've seen of him was over a year ago. So as a young player, that's kind of concerning. I mean, we'll get to Deli Ali in a minute. I, I am curious, like, what do you actually? No, let's go right there, Carson. What do you think about like Deli Ali? Like, <clears throat> I think this year is definitely going to have to be if he's going to have a breakout or a comeback year, however you want to say it. It's going to have to be this year, and I think he knows that. He's been asked that. Uh, Nino, you know, the new gaffer for Spurs has him playing in a more deeper role that he seems to like. It's a lot, you know, a lot harder to play, a lot more ball movement, a lot more work ethic. And, he, you know, he's he seemed to do well so far. I don't know if he's going to have a season like he did two, three years ago or I guess three years ago now. But it seems like he's liking the new role. And, you know, really with I mean, if we're talking about Spurs now as first squads, it's definitely a toss up. And he has to be one of those guys that has to be consistent because he's not someone that we're going to let go at this point in time. Right. And he's got an so, old yeah. yeah. So this is really a big year for him. You know, it's it's a kind of a toss up year for Spurs overall and where we're going to finish. But for Delhi Alley specifically, I think like, this this has to be his year. He's got to step it up. And it's interesting, too. You said he moved <clears> deeper. And I wasn't he the guy that came out a few years ago and he said, I'm 23, whatever. But I feel like you know, playing football at this level, like, takes a toll on your body. He said he felt kind of, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't feel like a young player. Was he Was he the guy that came out and said that? I don't know. I think that was him. He said he can't do the things that he used to be able to you do when he's, like, 23 or, like, 24. Yeah. I, I, mean, will, he, I will say, him during 2015 and 2018, six, he was built different. He was yeah. built different through that, through like, three-year period. He was a very good player. That breakthrough season was crazy, bro. And I thought he was just going to take off from there and – I mean, Mourinho came in and that definitely didn't help the situation because I, I don't know. Just some players need to. He looked him straight in his face, dude, and said, Deli Ali, you're a fucking lazy guy. Dude, but there's, there's, it, it, I guess, the last couple of things on Tottenham. I obviously like fan myself. There's going to be, I think, the last, I guess, what, week and so, or week and a half or so here, there's going to be a lot of turnover. We have a lot of dead weight that we're still looking to get out of. I think that's going to be leaving the club. There's a lot of interesting people that have been uh, into the club. Brian Heal from Sevilla. Um, They're looking at this guy. Was it Pepe Sar from, uh, was it, not in League One, oh, from Mets. Um, looking at him too. So there's a lot of different. Yeah. There's a lot of, and he's 18 year old. <laughs> I don't know if he can have a license yet. He's kind of the same way as Harvey Elliott, but the one, I don't know. the one that um you let me know of earlier today, the Adama Traore, 40 million. I mean, yeah, I yes, don't get a versatile player, but like, what what does money come to in football? I mean, I, that's like buying Antonio Valencia from Wigan, like. And from like Manchester United did like over a decade ago, like that's a that's a that should be like a 10 million purchase max. Yeah, like, and that's and I'm not saying for Adama Traore. I know the market's more inflated and COVID happened, prices going up, but 40 million, bro. Like, dude, these clubs are cabin on these players, bro. Like Adama Traore is a credible athlete, but dude, like his final ball is so much to be said. Like, it'd be different if he was whipping stuff like Pedro Neto and he was that strong and that oh. fast, but bro, he's you know like. Yeah, this channel is a Pedro Neto fan account. Actually, yeah. he's, <laughs> he's a good player. Pedro Neto. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, oh, he plays we're on the same page. 
We're on the same page, but that's hidden mill mark. Like, I don't think I would want to pay like 10 to 15 mil max, but I saw this interesting thread on Twitter today. It's on football Twitter. was just saying, okay, like 40 mil, but how much is 40 mil the clubs now? Because of COVID, things are already start surging, inflation. Like, is 40 million really that much anymore? Like, and then you think, okay, Arsenal paid 50 mil for Ben White. Huge prospect. Is he worth 50 mil? Absolutely not. So, like, how much yeah. is it actually worth? Well, without the English tax, it's interesting. Probably like 30. Yeah. yeah another thing is with these point. transfers, you always have to. It's like the marketing aspect, too, where it's like, how much shirts can this person sell? Like, how mm-hmm. marketable is this athlete? Mm-hmm. That is a part of the Grealish price tag, where it's like, and also with the, like how much are they worth to the club, where it's like Ben White to Bright to Brighton is worth fifty million, just because they just don't have yeah. a team like that. They can't, they're they can't really afford to replace them like that. I, that's and see, I feel like Wolves are like that with Traore. No, so I remember no. when Gareth Bale was Real Madrid, but it's like he's like one of the most marketable players at the time when he left. So it's yeah. like that also factors in because it's like when he once he gets there, he's gonna sell a ton of shirts. Because one hundred, it's like real shit for City. Yeah. yeah, it's like an English player wearing number ten, and also with the homegrown rule, where it's like you have to have a certain amount of players that are from the UK or came to the academy. So he helps with that in that that aspect too. Nigel, mm-hmm. are you are you working for Manchester City? <laughs> no, I, was, I remember was, when Sterling was, left. I remember hearing about that rule about the, like the homegrown rule, and I was like, that does make sense because Sterling was he did have a ton of potential. And he's also has the English tax, and he also helps with that homegrown status. He's so it's it. There's a ton of things that come in when you think about transfers. Yeah. Um, building off of that point, we had United beating Leeds five to one, and I mean, also they they tied this weekend to Southampton one one. So but you know what? Pogba still has five assists in two games. Yeah, that is so true. I know Graham Sunis is heated over that. You know, that team really needed to get um a ball winner in the midfield to partner him. I mean, and now if anybody's watched Brighton, Basuma has been playing out of his mind this season. Mm. Like bringing in Basuma. Bro, I've been saying bring in Basuma over a year ago, but now he's like gotten Basuma better on the ball. Indeed. That's a that's a different episode for a different day, but Gross. United looking looking like some comp. I think they're gonna <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll jump into where I was going to build on that Chelsea and Crystal Palace 3-0. I think Chelsea's going to win the league. The Chelsea, like, it has to be a talk for everyone. We, we talked about this before. I think, like, Lukaku, I think that is, honestly, that, that's my, like, favorite purchase out of any APL team yeah. so far. They paid oh the price that's, for it. That's the best puzzle, that's the best pocket. puzzle we've seen. I'm I think it's gonna make sense. Nigel, you're laughing, dude. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> if he, if that man can stay healthy and they can keep delivering him ball, like he's, I think he's gonna be up there. Nigel, if nah. he stays off that cheeseburger diet that he was on, that's the thing, man. He was at Manchester United. He was eating out Luke Burger King Shaw over here. I think that's a really, I think that's a tank of fitness. I think that's a tank of fitness. No, but I saw last season they said Chelsea created the most chances out of any team. On a Smithfield's ball. So it's like when you got a player like Lukaku, who his really his main strength is just finishing off those chances. So Ocean. they could definitely be a problem. I do think that Salah will score more goal goals than Lukaku, but Lukaku's still gonna be up there for goals. Yeah. But also, I'll say to caveat that. Chelsea has, hasn't really been tested yet. I mean, it's only two games in. They played yeah. Crystal Palace, or Crystal Palace kind of were on, like, relegation issues last year. Yeah, you know, and then they played Arsenal. We've already talked about Arsenal, so we'll see like come in the coming weeks. But, yeah. yeah. But that is yeah. Very I think Crystal Palace coming into the season was honestly a relegation favorite just because they lost so many players and just with Patrick Vieira with limited experience. 
Mm-hmm. I, I was like, it's, I feel like they're going to be, they're going to finish well above their weight or just they're yeah. not. I feel like there's no between. I think they're going to, they're going to struggle a little bit because they've got some good young players, but it's hard to bring good young players into Palace. Like, <laughs> yeah. like SA, they did a really good job with getting SA. I, yeah, I, I, I know he did come through the academy. I think they got him from somewhere a couple of years ago. But he came from QPR. That's right. Yeah. 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 I was about to see. Actually, Connor Gallagher's a solid Chelsea player. player. I feel like, yeah, he's pretty solid. Solid player. But I mean, it's, that's going to be a, a tough project for Vier. We're I, I'm excited to see what that team can be. Not necessarily. I think they're going to finish top ten or anything. But for young players, to get opportunities. Yeah, um, a lot of new faces. What you uh? What you boys uh, think about uh, Tottenham, Carson, beating Man City? Yeah. I mean, uh, very, very surprised. I think the goal by Son, I don't know if you guys saw that. It was a classic Son cutback from the right side and, you that know, using his left foot. You know, I think that was a great goal. I think we're still trying to figure out the team. Like I said, I mean, we're kind of throwing some toss-up players in there. We got – I will say this. If, if we didn't have Oliver Skip and Hoybier – Coming in, trying to control that midfield. I don't know if we would have won that game. Oliver Skip had a lot of experience at Norwich last season, and he's like a 20-year-old that's fitting really well for the team. That's meshing well. It, it'll be interesting to see with this whole Harry Kane situation. As everyone knows, he's kind of linked with City. Some have said PSG. I don't think he'll go to PSG anymore. No. Um, realistically, I think he'll most likely sign a one-year con- uh, extension, and then he'll maybe just go for a free next year. Levy has Don Levy has said he will not be sold this year. Um, and apparently City has gone pretty close to the asking price of 150 last I heard, but I, you just never know. It, and you just we're just going to have to wait to this last transfer week because that's when everything comes out. But, you know, Spurs 2-0, right now can't complain. Uh, definitely should have lost against Wolves. We did not deserve that win. But, um, you know, take what we can get and, and see what happens with Kane in the next few weeks. I think that's one of the few games I didn't get to see much of the highlights from. But um, one quick question I had for you: Do you think that Spurs can be a better team without Kane? And I'm not, I'm not saying that Kane doesn't make them a better team because obviously he does with his finishing and his goal scoring ability. I mean, the way he picks up positions holds up the play as well. But uh, I feel like Spurs collectively play better without him there. And I don't know if it's because they're not as reliant, like kind of like the Messi effect. Like the Nazareth, mm-hmm. they can't be reliant on somebody doing that. So, I, what do you, what do you think? I think it, I think there's kind of like two parts to it. One, I think it depends who we bring in with Kane, and you know if if he leaves. So I think that kind of mixes it all up. But right now, you know, we haven't played bad. We're two and zero without Kane. Kane came yeah. out as a sub, didn't really have much of an impact. And what it has done is had it's had it's allowed other players that haven't gotten really the limelight and the ball ability to actually come up like Steven Bergvine did very, very well against Wolves. Oliver Skip got into the midfield and then you got some that's getting more touches on the ball with Lucas Mora, which Lucas Mora is a little bit washed here and there. But I think <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, like it'll be I'm not sure if we'll be a top four team without without King, the team we have right now, but the young players that we do have and that we've bought in the past couple of seasons are gonna get a lot more of the limelight and a lot more touches on the ball. Yeah, that was the thing with Lucas Moore though, because when he had some of his best form when Harry Kane was out of the team and he had a more central role and a more of a focal point. But, um, and also the last point of that, there was, there's a reason that Delhi is getting this big role right now as a big yeah. deep maker, play maker, and it could be without Kane. So big thing to watch there too. Uh, boys, West Ham's top of the league. I know we're two games into the season, but, You're uh, kidding me. the hammers are up top boys. <clears throat> Michael Antonio masterclass. Bigger than Trey Worry. 
Fraud. He's had a good start to the season. He's strong. <laughs> he's fit. He's been on target. I think uh, Sadio. I think his first name, is Sadio, but Ben Rama, that came yeah, from Brentford a few been years good. ago. He's been very. Knew that Ben Rama's good. Yeah, yeah. Saw coming years ago. Yeah, when they were calling him the Algerian Messi, I believe. Hey, uh, Morris from Wish. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's a good footballer though. I think Andy <laughs> yeah. Levy definitely uh he stabbed Harry Kane in the back. I've been reading in that situation. But uh, I I feel like West Ham's a team where, you know, they, there's a lot of the guys that were part of that core group, but they're gonna be a team where I think they're gonna be in the top six right around there the whole season. And Man Man City, you guys think they can win the title without Kane? You think they need I, well, I think a lot of people agree with this statement that Kane was needed more than the Grealish signing, but it's more feasible to get Grealish. Maybe. Yeah, I'm just su- I'm just surprised. I'm well, I'm just confused with the whole like how they can afford both of them. I just don't understand. I know they got the oil money. Like I understand, like City, everyone knows the money <laughs> they have, but like didn't didn't they get like fined for this like two years ago, like going over oh, no, some no, budget or like a marketing money? Yeah, so like, I it's crazy the- to think about. Yeah, when PSG got Neymar and Mbappe, it was like they bought Neymar, but the Mbappe deal was initially a loan deal. So I don't know. Do the city have to do something like that, or do they not spend quite enough money to, like, fake it? I don't know. Financial fair play, I get it. It's put in place that teams don't spend beyond their means. But it's like when you're making that much money, money. funded by, like, oil in, like, mm-hmm. the country of, like, Qatar – you should be able to put what you want into your business. I, yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that too. Even though it's out of control, but what I don't even know what you can <laughs> stop do. Stop the madness! You got you got to stop the count at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you can do. At I this mean, point. the two teams that are more than likely going to win the champions are funded by just billionaires. Yeah. Who Who knows? Um. Any other teams that spring to y'all's mind? I mean, Rafa Benitez is coach in Everton. That is that is crazy. That's an interesting one, yeah. I think Leeds will kind of have a down year this year. Let's see though. I feel like they're not going to do as well. I just because I think teams are going to kind of find them out with this. That, the, they're that going to get hit on the counter attack a lot. Yeah, yeah. And and another thing too is that they never they didn't invest in anybody really that I know of. No, I didn't see them really sign anybody in the transfer window. I think they just pretty much came with the same squad that they had, but they kind of spent a good amount last season, but that's about it. And, I mean, They're I know New – Kind of had some players. Yeah, I, and I've seen Hamas has kind of been frozen out as a squad. Oh, my God, Gilfie, get, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Like, what Total. the – Oh, my Lord. What not the, Wasn't – there? he was tied with someone like that from Celtic, right, as well? Wasn't there something yeah, like that? Yeah, the guy from – his name was, like – Lee Griffith or something. Well, you haven't heard about that in a few weeks. Charges or it was yeah. very similar. Oh, I heard yeah. something about that actually. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I mean that, and that's a big loss for Everton as well. I mean, he's up to some shady mess. So I, I don't care about him not being. There. But and just in terms of looking at that team, um, yeah, that definitely makes things weird. I mean, that's that's a set specialist. I mean, I, the only person that you could say is really better than him at free kicks is Ward Prowse. That is true. I, I, if I was an Icelandic football fan, I'd be pretty devastated to hear about because <laughs> I, I, mean, I like him as a player, but it's yeah, pretty he's, disgusting. He's a good player, but, Spurs, man. Yeah, and I, I think a yeah. team that's also going to struggle a bit this season. I'm not saying Everton has, but uh, Newcastle. I feel. Bro, just with Callum Wilson and Dwight Gale as their only two center forwards, 
That's um, Callum Wilson's good, but bro, <laughs> I think Norwich will also go back down just because they always do. Yeah, I was I, I was gonna ask like after I mean match day two or you know match week two like who were the three? I know Norwich is kind of on the bubble. I think Crystal Palace. I think this is their year to go down. I just don't know who the third. It could be, bro. I could see. It I could see it. Yeah. Not that I don't rate him or anything. It's just what he's doing is risky, and the quality of the Premier League is just up so high. Like playing youngsters is. I don't think it's as easy as it was ten years ago. And also, it's one thing to play youngsters, but it's one thing to play a. It's one thing to play a very inexperienced team with not a lot of leadership because, I mean, they lost In the Kate Premier Hill. League. Yeah, I mean, one of their oldest, probably one of their highest-earning players is Benteke. And, dude, Benteke has been – I mean, he's been downright abysmal for the past four or five years. Like, shocking yeah. stuff, bro. Like, but um, I, one thing I wanted to do uh, – Nigel, and, I mean, Carson, you can uh, chime in on this too. What I want to do is just – do like a 15 second quick fire of uh, the fixtures coming up and what Nigel maybe thought the predictions were. So, uh, Nigel, uh, Man City and Arsenal. I think City will win 3 0 comfortably. I had 3 0. Oh, I think 4 0, 5 0. I think they could bash them into the, the ground. I mean, Ben White is supposed to be out. I don't think they're a bad team, but I just think City's going to cut them apart, especially through the middle. Shaka's not quick enough. Uh, Newcastle and Southampton. I think Southampton have been surprisingly – they've been good so far. They've been decent. I think they'll win 2-1. to one. I'd say 2-1. Yeah, 1-0, 2-1. I mean, th- the way they played against United, they played well in, in a compact two banks of four. It was frustrating yeah. as a United fan. Let's just say that. Brighton and Everton. Brighton and Everton. I think it'll be a 2-2 draw, I think. I was at 1-1 draw. Yeah, I was going to say 2-1 Everton, but that's um, that's like either way, Brighton. Brighton hasn't really played anyone hard yet. That's where I'm struggling with them. Neither really has Everton. They played Leeds. I like the way Brighton hey, played, though. It's like Leeds team slander. football, and they, they, <laughs> they try to play simple and effective. Uh, West, West Ham and Crystal Palace. Oh, that's easily West Ham 2-0. Yeah, yeah I, I was about to say – this is West Ham. I think they could back three goals against Crystal Palace. West Ham might have a little uh, bit of a run at top of the league for the beginning of the season. Yeah. And, and then uh, I think this one's pretty obvious, too. Norwich and Leicester. That's just too easy. 3-0 Leicester. Yeah. And I think James Madison yeah. will score a goal or get an assist. I wouldn't be surprised if Norwich got a goal. They kind of got exposed by West Ham last year or uh, last game, even though they got a red card. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. For uh, – um, from if I was a Norwich fan, I think what would maybe disappoint me about this team is that I remember seeing Todd Cantwell two seasons ago, two years ago in the Premier League, a year and a half ago, and I just feel that he has not really progressed at all, and that he was somebody that had some ability, but I mean he's he's not a bad player. It's just yeah, he's he's still like a bright spot for them. They still have held on to like some good young players like Max Aaron's, people yeah, like that. Outside back. He's a good player. Aston Villa and Brentford. That's an interesting one. I think Aston Villa had a very good transfer window. So I think Aston Villa will probably win three to one, I'd say. I'm a little bit backwards. I'm thinking 2 1 Brentford or a tied 1 1. Aston Villa is, they haven't really impressed me this season thus thus far. I think Brentford is, I mean, they, I don't think they played in match week two. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the way they came out against Arsenal was really well. 
Yeah. Did they play? Yeah. No, actually, no. They played Crystal Palace through zero zero. So I think it's a low scoring game. But if it's going to go somewhere, it's going to go Brentford. You know, one thing I like about this Brentford team is that they they try to express themselves like a Brighton. They they if I I guess I would kind of compare them to Brighton in between like a Leeds, but they're not wide open. Like they've got some good attacking talent in that team. Uh, biggest match of the weekend, <clears throat> most likely Liverpool and Chelsea. Ooh, I, I think I might have to go Chelsea 2-1. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be tough. I it haven't is. seen too much of Liverpool. I saw the Burnley game, but I don't know. Chelsea, they are very good defensively, but so are Liverpool because they got, they got Kanate now. They got Van Dyke, <clears throat> But also, Andy Robertson is out. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go Chelsea on this one. Carson. Yeah, I see a draw of some sort. I don't. I'm really conflicted if it's going to be like a high scoring draw or a low scoring draw. I actually bring up the defenses. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like nil nil or one one. I I don't know if I see a goal fest here, but I think I see a draw. Two good goalkeepers, good center backs all around. One thing about Liverpool, Robertson <clears> is out, but that uh, Samakis. I'm probably saying his name wrong. The left back from Greece. Yeah. Have, have decent play. He's improved a lot since he first signed. I'll just say that. But I think this Chelsea team is just so powerful. But we will see about that game. Um, Burnley and Leeds United. Burnley and Leeds. Brexit versus Bielsa football. Oh. <laughs> That's a good question. Hey, is it going to be? I'll say 1-1. One, one. Yeah. It's very Brexit. Hot, hot take for me. I think Burnley – we were talking about Palace could go down. I think Burnley's one of those teams. I mean, Sean Dyche hasn't – there's nothing that's been invested. It, this squad is aging. They don't really seem to have any creativity so far from what I've seen. I think Burnley is is a possibility for the drop, bro. A proper Brexit team. Yeah. Uh, Arson, Tottenham, and Watford. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I didn't, I haven't watched Watford the, the past few games, so I can't really speak to him. So I don't really know where the score would go, but I know Tottenham's rolling in with two clean sheets, despite Eric Dyer having an absolute shamble of a game last game <laughs> against Wolves. It's for trash can here. We've talked about that alongside with Jocko. They'd be good roommates together. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I'm obviously a bow biased here. I haven't seen Watford play, so I really can't say. One thing I'll say about Watford is that Tom Cleverly is still so starting at center mid. <laughs> take take that what you will. There's good players in that squad, though. I think Nabby Sarr is a really good player. Or, I think that's his name, the, the right mid. I know his last yeah. name. Uh, they've got a good center forward. I believe his name is Dennis. Last name? Yeah. Good yeah. Player. There's, there's good players in that team, but I don't know. Yeah. I could see it just being a 2-0 win for Tottenham. In the last game of that match week, we got uh, Wolves and Manchester United. Wolves versus Manchester United. Mm. I could see a 1-1 draw, bro. Wolves have always been very frustrating from a United fan point of view. They always, just like how Southampton <clears throat> did, sit with those two banks of four. I mean, that's the biggest secret that everybody's known about United for a couple of years. They, they have a hard time with that final penetration breaking teams down. Wolves are Wolves are a super hard team to play, especially if they're at home. But I think this one's at Old Trafford, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I could I could see United getting on top of this one, maybe about one goal. I don't know about two. Wolves really struggled against Tottenham, like finishing last week, even though they were up like I think it was like sixty to forty per possession and something like that. I have a feeling it'll be the same way, but I have a feeling United's gonna get more goals than Tottenham did. I'll tell you one thing: with having Anthony Martial up front, we are really that that horizontal movement of dragging people and allowing runners behind him to vac- take up spaces. Martial is just more. He stays in the middle, bro. When we have Greenwood up there, I just feel United has got so many more dimensions to their attack. And also, when the ball gets to Greenwood in the final third to finish, he can score on both feet. And Martial is just not who he wants. What I don't. I mean, Greenwood, I think, is a better natural finisher anyway. So um, that game, if we start Martial, I feel like they're gonna. That's gonna be the wrong decision, personally. <laughs> I want to see him do well, bro. But I mean, if Greenwood's in better form and he's the better player at the moment, then. But Ollie, you never know with Ollie, bro. Ollie out. Quick question, Kay. What are y'all? What are y'all doing with Jay Lynn? With wait, with with who? With old old Lingard. What's happening with Jay Lynn? Jay Lings, bro. Really? What's the question there, man? He actually did super well for West Ham. I'm surprised they didn't try to get him back. I feel like he's a player where he's at an age where it's too good to be sitting on the bench for Manchester United. Yes, we could definitely use his services. I mean, imagine if Bruno got injured. I think Lingard could be very important as a, you know, filling that role. Um, I like him more than Dan James, but Ollie seems to like Dan James. Uh, I don't know. I, I If I was him, I would try to get a move if I wanted to play yeah. for England again. But if playing for Manchester United is his prerogative, then I would love to have a guy like that. He seems really committed now and just more mature and just his overall play. But uh, I don't know, bro. I I feel bad if he's going to suck it into sitting on the bench all season. I feel he doesn't need to do that. It's not worth it. (laughs) Not worth it. But, yeah, boys, that's, uh, that's all I had for this episode. Um, yeah, Nigel Messi leaving Barcelona. Anything that it just hurt? Yeah, the I don't want to came out of nowhere. Mean, but I mean, one week they're saying that they he agreed a new contract. He's going to sign for three more years. And then they look at the financial side of it, and they just just could not afford it. Well, you know, whoever's running that club is at coasters every single night, dude, because they don't have a, <laughs> a fucking clue about the accounting or anything. Yeah, they're saying like. <laughs> Clubs ideally have like seventy percent to sixty percent of like revenue or something paying salaries, and Barcelona had like ninety percent, and it just was not sustainable. Like if you look at the wage bill of Barcelona, it is it's insane how much some of these players are making. Yeah, well, it's like that at United. When you look at some of these other teams, I mean, uh, like if you compare United's wages to Liverpool player wages, it's absolutely nuts, bro. Pogba wants like fucking four hundred k a week. Like, dog, what? <laughs> like dude like I hope Salary good things with that money bro like that's a lot of money just to play football like Mo Salah doesn't even make 200k I believe if he doesn't he's right there at 200k so Sally Merchant Mino Riola yeah. he really is man but yeah well, y'all you know, I think that's it uh, Messi and PSG will probably win the Champions League Kind of good in the end because he didn't want to win a Champions League before he ended his career, and I couldn't see that happen at Barcelona. Now he has a serious chance of doing that at PSG. So, you know, hopefully they uh do their thing. They're just gonna be beating up on teams like Nice, like seven zero every week. 
Speak it. I just want to say two things on that. Shout out to, to Potocino or whatever from going from Tottenham and now all those studs he has at PSG. And speaking <laughs> yeah. of also of Nice, I don't know if y'all saw the old West Ham wonder kid, Dimitri yeah, Payet. Yeah, he drew a bottle, for, bottle back for Marseille. He threw two bottles back into the Nice crowd. They started charging him. That man was a <laughs> water bottle merchant on the pitch. Well, I mean, stop that. I, I really am now a fan <clears> of uh, of fans throwing bottles at players. Absolutely. I mean, as a yeah. USA fan, I've seen Mexican Mexican fans do it all the time, and it, it's fucked up. Like, bro, you yeah, shouldn't man. be throwing glass bottles at players. I don't know if these were plastic or not, but I don't know. You're you're there, like, enjoying uh, an event, bro. That's like throwing bottles at the elephant, bro, and it's doing tricks for you. I mean, literally, bro, you're paying for <laughs> entertainment. Like, treat, at least treat them like human beings, not like, you know. I wouldn't even do that to an animal, let alone a person, but – yeah, people gotta stop with that. Yeah, it's, that it's was just crazy scenes out in France, though. It's like a riot. There's yeah. a lot of fans that were on the field after that. Plus, we don't know like what they were yelling to him, you know, with the football, you know, like the racist stigma. So you never know. Oh too. yeah, I don't, he probably could have got more than that. Yeah. Like, dude, this is like, dude, you're gonna throw something at me, bro? Like, as a human, I'll throw something back at you. I didn't even, I didn't even think about blaming him. And, and now, as a professional, he probably shouldn't have done it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes people have a breaking point. I don't know. Yeah, dude. Good to be back on the podcast, y'all. It's been a minute. Be back. Uh, uh, I think that wraps it up for this week. Yeah, we'll be back for a match week three roundup. Yes, sir. We'll keep those predictions coming for the upcoming match weeks. And, um, yeah, y'all. Appreciate anybody tuning in. This has been it. Carson, Nigel, good to talk to y'all, boys. Uh, All right. All right now.